get rolling on this. Uh, wow. All right. So, hello, hello. Uh, welcome to the Pre-Internet Friends Podcast. This is a conversation shaped by being savvy enough to deal with the world today, but old enough to remember the world before the internet. This podcast is a his and hers take on the world as it is, not as it should be. I am your host, the mostly right, sometimes less right, uh, usually on point, but sometimes off the mark, yet always forgivable, uh, Mr. J. Nicholas. This is my co-host, the crypto conqueror, the melanated queen, everyone's favorite everything, some of the time, Miss Nicole Shanique. How are you feeling tonight, queen? I'm doing all right. How are you? I am tired. I am tired. Um, not in the literal sense, but man, uh, life's, life's been kicking my butt. It's been a hectic week, but we are here. And yeah. I am excited to be here. Um, that's, that's do you have any important. updates? Do you have any updates for our viewers who have been waited, waiting with bated breath on a, an update about your grandmother? Oh, oh, yes. So thank you for everyone who reached out to me. Uh, Grandma is, she has improved. She's not home yet. We are hoping that by the beginning of next week that she'll be back home. They said that she's very strong for her age and, you know, so it's been slower than we all would have liked naturally, but it looks like she's, you know, it looks like she's going to be okay. Thank God. Okay. That's good. That's good. That's good. I, I, I imagine just one more week, um, by next week episode, we should be able to, to really celebrate her coming home and really dissect, uh, the events that got, got her there to begin with. Please don't Um, get me started. (laughs) So, so, um, but yeah, shout out, shout out to Grandma. Uh, wh- where would you like to begin this week? Well, I think we have no choice but to begin on uh, the Red Table Talk. Oh, okay, okay. So, a lot of people, a lot of people weren't really excited about August Alcina. We we talked about it last week, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I've. I've maintained a certain amount of disinterest with the whole situation um, only because, like I said, you know, if you've been paying attention, this was nothing new. This mm-hmm. conversation has been taking place uh, for years. The conversation regarding August definitely uh, was happening four years ago. So it wasn't anything surprising in that. But apparently Jada said it's time to take this thing to the next level. Um, when I had saw the clip and I, I I didn't rush to to watch it, but when I finally saw the clip, like come across my, my timeline at that point, it was about 11 hours after they uploaded it. Mm. And I think they were, were already at a little over 10 million views. (laughs) So needless to say, it it was a moment. Um, and it, it went from being a moment on the internet to, uh, obviously to trendy, right. An entanglement, an entangled oh, web we, we, we weave. So, I mean, what, what do you think? What do you think after hearing the discussion? So I want to come at this for, from two angles, rather one, 
the particular things that was said. And then two, it's just going to tie into our larger theme of, you know, the roles that are being played here. As far as number one, like you said, nothing new was revealed by August. Like we had, even before August, I was seeing like there have been rumors of Will and Jada having some type of arrangement or alternative lifestyle or whatever you want to call it for years. So this is not something that was new just about them. And then related to him particularly, we, you know, we knew about him. So for him to start bringing all this up now makes no sense. Then (laughs) I did not enjoy that episode of the Red Table Talk at all because they really weren't saying anything like, (laughs) you know what I mean? And, and Mm -hmm. they, they made, you know, they, they didn't really refute anything that August said and they didn't give us any new information. What I wanted to understand is that part where Will made the comment of, yeah, I was done with your ass. Like I wanted to know like what, what made him say that because usually would a man talk to a, a, his wife that way, like you must have fucked up majorly. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, like nothing was revealed. So it just looks like they felt like they had to respond and that was the, I guess, easiest way to do it because nothing new was revealed. There was no new information. <laughs> like, Will just looked like he was pissed off at her for even having to address this boy. Like, she... Yeah, yeah like, like it was just one of those things. And the fact that she kept calling him Aug, like, that was weird. Like, I just... I was just like... um, You know, I didn't, I didn't like it. But I think that the gender dynamics of this is what really interests me. Which, you know, was my second point. Because... People online calling Jada a fuck boy. <laughs> and, you know, and, and and I myself said that, you know, August is, is not going to need to introduce himself at the next meeting of Side Chicks Anonymous. You know, it, it's really interesting because if you watch the Red Table talk at the end, Will basically likened himself to the wife of the, the cheating politician who has to you know go to the press conference and and say that they're standing by their man or whatever like I think that that was very telling yeah it's a different it is a a complete reverse of what the you know the natural tendency is particularly when you start talking about that that power dynamic I don't I'm not as disgusted by August he doesn't get any points, but, you know, I, I told you last week it was nasty because this is part of his album rollout and he has to, he better have some heat on there because if not, I, his career is basically done in my so, mind. Uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about today was, you know, different media narratives and different tropes. What do you think about the trope of like, August needed to tell his truth. And what is this obsession that we have with like truth telling in the public? Like that's something that I've really never understood because my thing is like, people were like, oh, he needed to tell his truth. So I wasn't offended. 
And I'm like, but tell his truth for what? Like, you know, like well, Angela Yee's not a pastor, you know what I mean? Or a therapist. Right. Like, 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 like you can tell your truth in many ways and, and release it. But, you know, he chose to do a sit down interview, like you said, that was perfectly timed with his album drop. And, and now this, you know, everybody gets to tell their truth. Like, that's that's the rule. Like, like, <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't like that. I don't, I, I, I have an issue with this whole, like such and such to get to tell their truth. Like that, that narrative that people love to run with lately. I mean, the, the, the key with that is that is a narrative that only lends itself to people who are in the public light. And with August, I think something that seems to be understated was this idea that he was somehow being blacklisted and his ability to feed himself and feed his family was being compromised because of this situation with, with Jada. But what I'm not understanding Mm -hmm. is how is sitting down with Angela Yee solving that problem? That's what I've yet to hear. Well, when you say solving the problem, it, it doesn't really solve it. It's not the end all. But what it does is it gives you an opportunity as an artist to take control of the narrative. And like like I said, you know, you, you time that with your album rollout. You, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. He, you know, if you're trending, you're trending. You know, all you got to do is have some kind of music that... But is that, this leading to more streams than he would have gotten otherwise? Like, I haven't heard anyone that was like, yo... August came with some old cold tea. Let me go see what he's talking about on this album. Like, I haven't heard anybody saying a word about it. Well, I mean, I've been watching Money Heist. And, you know, you recognize that sometimes these plans are are layered, right? Um, He could very well have in the cut the the next wave of of, uh, promotional uh, approaches, which is then teasing how this music is directly impacted by that situation. And now you're going to make people say, oh, well, let me listen to to this song. Maybe he's talking about Jada on it or talking about Will, you know, because um, th- that's a, a conversation that's starting to, I see gain some traction, this idea that Will, the only person that was getting more more penis than Jada was Will, you know what I'm saying? But that's, <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, we're not doing know? that. Well, yeah. Look, I mean, it's it's no judgment. It's twenty twenty. I, I could care less what what the the Smiths are doing in the privacy of their, their homes or their bedrooms or their their marriage. It's just once you put it up for public consumption, now you know right. you're gonna public's gonna consume it and have right. an opinion on it. So yeah, I mean, I that's think- the only reason it's relevant. Tisha Campbell, you know, she she's been making a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh, remarks, you know, alluding mm-hmm. to Dwayne Martin and Will, um, mm-hmm. you know, being intimate. I just, I think it's, it's uh, you have a lot of people making the same claim. You know what I mean? I mean, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think the way that this is being covered is interesting. I shouldn't even say covered because, you know, Twitter is not covering it. But yeah, I think it's interesting. Like, I like the thought experiment of, okay, what if the roles were were reversed? Would we feel the same way? 
I think a lot of people would. I, I, I do think a lot of people would because we love people in the public eye so much, especially now because of social media, you know, you can feel way closer to somebody, you know, than, you know, people felt to Diana Ross and, you know, Smokey Robinson and them, right? Uh, oh, gosh. Speaking of Smokey, not to, to derail us, but did you it. see that video that Smokey Robinson put out on Gangbanger? No. What? Oh my god. What is this? I, I I almost want to stop the tape and send this to you nah. so you can look at this. Wait this thing looks like it could have been a BET uncut classic video. But wait, like, hold on. Smokey Robinson gangbanging. Now I gotta Google this. Jesus. Yeah, it, the video looks like it's shot with like an iPhone 4. <laughs> and it looks so not chopped and screwed. No, no, no. Wait, it says Smokey he, Robinson's gangbanging video went viral. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh man, it's so bad. Oh gosh, it's so bad. So if you guys haven't um nah, now in the audience. I'm right not there. no. <laughs> All right, no, 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 no. We're not gonna do it. You that. have to you have to take a look at this. Somebody who is in Smokey Robinson's camp didn't like him. They don't love him as much what as they say this? they do. Like this doesn't even make you, sense. If you would see this video that they let Smokey put out and record, not only does the vi- are the visuals terrible, but like the quality of the songwriting is trash. And it's nine minutes vocally, long. It's just it's a it's a bad look. It's a bad look. But um, shout out to Smokey Robinson. Um, Wait, yes, so was this something from 1995 <laughs> or? <laughs> It got this. Got to be something old. I, I this this is yeah, 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 yeah. No, this it's, this is something crazy. old. I'm telling myself that this is something old, um, and 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 it just resurfaced because this image quality and, and his clothes crazy. And, and he has like some gold chains. This looks like bad. it was taped on VHS. Oh lord, yeah, it's really it's really bad. So if you guys haven't seen it, definitely Google Smokey Robinson gang banging. Um, you might get a laugh out of it. You might, you might shed a tear. The, the might, you know, the, the, we got to celebrate our legends. Give them their flowers while they're still here. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, to the point you were making, if Smokey Robinson would have had social media, maybe we would have seen the behind the scenes of that that bullshit video. No, but what I'm saying is, but what I'm saying is, when these women come out, you know, in the typical way we're used to seeing these things, like how often does it happen that you know, insert famous athlete here slept with somebody or had a baby by somebody that's not his wife. Like people always get mad at the other woman because it's like, well, you knew what it was and you're just trying to bring a a family down and all of this. And I think, you know, because Will and Jada are so beloved, there's a lot of people who's, you know, excusing some of this stuff then there are a lot of people who are fervently on the other side of it. So I really can't call it. I just think that Jada made herself like, like, like it just looked worse than her not saying anything to me. I mean, I don't know. Uh, That's, it's tough. Honestly, you know, like we're, we're doing podcasts now, but there's, there's a huge part of me my at my core that's just like people don't need to have an opinion on this. You don't have to have an opinion on everything. You know what I mean? Like 
yeah. as the public, we, we shouldn't be vested in somebody's marriage. You know what I mean? If I'm not laying down with you, I don't care. Yeah, what you're yeah honestly, like when I saw it and Will looked so hurt, I was just kind of like, well, why even do this? Like, you don't have to do this. <laughs> like, like, that's, that's the way I felt. You, you, like, you have, you can't, you can't have this conversation. It's a nasty conversation because now you're talking about not only like, yo, nah, he, he, he was having sex with your wife, but you greenlit it. That's the narrative. That's a nasty narrative. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. Like, and that's but, and not to make it about race, but that's not even a conversation that you you typically attribute to a black man. You know no, what I mean? Definitely like, not. Definitely. So not. It, it, it's it's it, you had to say something. I don't know if, if this was. This sounds like something that Jada scripted in terms of how that conversation was going to go. Oh, but, of course. Like it looked. Yeah, but we'll we'll. Well, you got to say something, man. You, you can't have the conversation be, yeah, you know I mean, you was okay with, you know, Jada, uh, Jada busting it open. Okay. Yeah. So, so related to the media, what I wanted to talk about, because I was watching this movie yesterday as, you know, we're still on lockdown. <laughs> so we all got way more movie watching time than we used to. It was on... Amazon Prime, I believe. I thought it was a documentary, but it was actually a movie, and it was called a Mandela Effect. Are you familiar with the Mandela Effect? Uh, not the movie, but the theory, yes. The theory, yes. Right. So basically, that's <laughs> what it was. It was about this man who his daughter passed, and then he started noticing Mandela effect like things, you know, the curious George tale thing and the Berenstein, Berenstein bears and all of that. Mm. So this man gets basically in the movie, he gets convinced that, you know, what if he's in like kind of the wrong version of the simulation or whatever. And there's one where his daughter is still alive. So he sets, sets out on his journey to try to prove it. And, you know, they always find, you know, a professor or something who can help him. And this guy found the black man. I forget his name, but he played the old black detective on the wire, the one who used to make the little dollhouse. Uh, okay. I forget his name, but, she, but you know him. So he basically finds him and, you know, now he's com- confirming his theories and, all of this and it made me think about like all of the different tropes that are out there and you know that's definitely the magical negro and just like the black guy who was in the shining it it was the same thing so my question to you sir is do you think that any of any one of the many tropes and stereotypes of us that's out there in the media do you think that any of them are actually helpful no i i don't think i think it's a tough sell making the case that any stereotype is going to be helpful and i i just i can't imagine any tropes being being helpful either you know see that's the thing like any everything that 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 we're discussing is is going to be examined through the lens of post-chattel uh, slavery, right? And it's mm-hmm. going to be examined through the lens of post-reconstruction, uh, post-Jim Crowism. So 
even the positives, quote unquote, stuff about us are negatives. You know what I mean? It will have negative implications in this in this context. It's like the idea that you know black people have um, higher pain thresholds, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and thicker skin, like literally, right? Like that. That's mm-hmm. a, a a a miss. You know, like that's just misinformation. That's but that's a widely held belief amongst too many white people, particularly um, white medical professionals. So well, this this seemingly you know unbreakable superpower element, right, could be a positive until you start thinking about people who are making decisions when they're administering medication or people performing in, as agents of healthcare, and they don't believe that you you know, need to take certain precautions with black patients or administer certain types of drugs. Um, And all of those things affect, you know, the outcomes of black people's interactions with with healthcare healthcare proxies, you know what I mean? Which is why we have such higher mortality rates and everything when it comes to hospitalizations from coronavirus to, you know, childbirth outcomes and, and whatnot. So I don't think there's any... I'd have to really search high and low to find a positive silver lining in all of the, in, in these quote unquote positive tropes. You know what I mean? Cause it, in, in this context, there's no good that comes from it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's nothing but, yeah. but bad news. I mean, I think if, you know, when I dig deep, the thing that I probably come up with is like maybe something related to sports or entertainment, but then you have to think about like, yeah, but the people who are actually really making the money are all white people are old white people anyway. So, you know, yeah, there's the, the, the short term, you know, which is, all right. it, It, it makes it, it sounds kind of funny when you start talking about athletes being exploited, right? That are seven and eight figure, uh, and in some cases, nine figure athletes. But you remember they had that book that came out years ago, The $40 Million Slave. Yes, you know yes, what I mean? yes. It, there, there is still a level of of exploitation that takes place in like Chris Rock's old, old stand-up bit. There's a difference between rich and wealthy. Shaquille mm-hmm. O'Neal is rich. The person who's writing him his checks is wealthy. You know, rich, you know, like you said, wealthy, you can't, you can't lose wealth. Rich, mm-hmm. you can, you can lose with a, with a coke habit and too many weekends in Vegas. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it, it, there, there are levels to it. And that business model still doesn't benefit us. It doesn't benefit labor. You know, that, that, and that's when you frame it in that model, that goes back to 1619 and, and beyond. You know? Yeah exploiting the labor the labor uh, force so what are your least favorite tropes because i have a few my my personal least favorite mm-hmm. um, like like which ones which one bothers you the most oh you know what i mean that that's a nuanced thing i think uh I think you know what? Okay, let me let me take a half step back. <laughs> okay. I, I I have been researching and I'm trying to introduce uh, to my to the kids as uh, as long as as well as uh, with myself the the idea of the four agreements. 
have you ever heard of have, have you ever heard of it? The Four Agreements. Yes, I have. Okay, so I didn't even know that you were you were up on it, but oh, um, excuse me. I actually feel a way that you 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 have been been on it, and you didn't you know feel the need to share. Wow, it really yeah. do be your own people. No, right. I, I mean, you can't be the victim and the aggressor. But nonetheless, how am I? How am I the aggressor? <laughs> I, it literally never came up, and now all of a sudden, I'm somehow neglecting you on this thing that we never discussed. Like what? Okay. All right. All right. So, the Four Agreements is a is basically a self help book, right? It's written by uh, mm-hmm. Don Miguel Ruiz, and it's uh, it's four general tenets that say. Um, Said so the first one is be impeccable with your words. Mm-hmm. Don't take anything personally. Uh, don't make assumptions. And always do your best. And as simplistic mm-hmm. as that sounds, you know, like when you flesh it out, the these agreements that you have first with yourself and then uh, with the people who you're in communication with, they they're gonna remove so much of the noise in between what a person is saying and what another person is hearing. You know what I mean? Like it, it really is a way of having ex- extremely effective communication. And that, that being impeccable with your words, why why I wanted to take a half step back and starting with that, when we start talking about these negative tropes, um, I think so much of so much of who we are sometimes, like you know, they say the difference between character and and uh what was it? Character and gosh, oh, I can't think of the line, but it's like character is who you are and blank is who they, and who people think you are. Oh. oh, gosh. I can't think of it now. I'm, I'm having a, a blind moment. Forgive is, me. Is, is, um, is it, that sounds similar to... Re- reputation. Reputation. Character and okay. reputation. Okay, so, that yeah. was reminding me of a saying, um, the way to, to tell the difference between morals and, and ethics. And they say, you know, Morals are what you believe. Ethics is what you do. Right, right. It's essentially yeah. That that that's that's whole that's salad as well. Um, so the the point that I was making though is when we when we start talking about how people view us, sometimes you, you end up internalizing those things and becoming a prisoner to to you know these these words right because words have have power. Right, the power to build, power to destroy. So I think my personal peeve amongst amongst you know us is just the idea that as a black man, you you have to be sexualized. You know what I mean? You you mm-hmm. you always have to be on ten, ready to go, and you know always ABC always be closing. You know what I mean? It's just like oh, Lord. <laughs> you, you, you nah, seriously, like you know. The idea of just not being sexual, just just engaging in, in a normal sense, like, I feel like sometimes that space isn't afforded to 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 me as a man. I won't make this too general. Like to just say to me as a oh, man. Oh, so are you being frequently objectified when you're trying to have non-intimate relationships with women? Not not so much now because I, I have been making a concerted effort the last few years to be, to be more, to be more impeccable with my words. But I've, I like, I just had a conversation just the other day and 
somebody made a, a false equivalency, false equivocation, excuse me, um, comparing comparing a, a, a one black man speaking to you know uh, to, to women in different environments, right? Like just speaking versus a, a, another black man sending unsolicited penis pictures and you know having sexual contact with various women and saying like you know they're in the same vein or the same boat or they're, they're the same thing it's just like you're talking to stupid people uh, i didn't want to go <laughs> i have I, I have a lot of conversations with people from all walks of life you know what mm-hmm. I mean? that's that's uh, really politically correct <laughs> I just, yeah, but so it's like when you have those conversations, like we're talking about in 2020, like somebody could say, well, nah, you know, that's one and the same. And it's just like, nah, how do you equate those two things? You know, and it's just like not being able to have that space where it's just like, even, you know, you engage with with somebody or the opposite sex doesn't mean you're, you're looking to be inappropriate. You know what I mean? Like you just, you don't really have that, that leeway as as a as a man sometimes yeah i so. think i'm trying to think most and least favorite tropes of mine um i don't know i would say my least favorite trope of all of them is probably the one where you know the young black boy from the hood gets in trouble or whatever he ends up at an all-white school or an all-white man takes him under his wing because he recognizes his talent and you know if it wasn't for the ghetto poet society where would i be i don't like that because you you hated different strokes and fresh prince (laughs) (laughs) i mean fresh fresh prince yeah that it was basically the same idea i just I don't know. I don't like the idea that in order to have a good life or a successful life or, you know, whatever, you know, adjective you want to put on there, that some rich white person has to come save you or, you know, something like that. Like, like of course, on Fresh Prince, they were all black, but it was pretty much the same idea. I just don't. Like, I, I just don't like that. I, I don't like that. I feel like it, I don't know, it leads to hopelessness or something because it perpetuates the narrative that, oh, if you want to do well or if you want to be successful, you know, some rich person, some some older, wiser, rich person, usually white, has to come save you from your your circumstances, you know. So that one in particular bothers me. Um, now, do you think you going to school in Boston um, plays uh, that that was a, is that a prominent factor and and you having a sensitivity to that? What makes you ask that question? I imagine your school environment was predominantly white. No, it was. And I imagine you'd had to have interactions with people who would have been. Uh, serving in, in, in a role of, of gatekeeper, particularly even mm-hmm. at work after graduation. Of I'm course. just, you know, 
I see a, potentially a lot of breadcrumbs. I'm just trying to follow follow the plot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're when you lay it out like that. Sure, you're you're right. I think even though it's okay, take your can, time. <laughs> thank you. I think that even though you can draw that line, I don't like that. That is one of the few pitches that we see, right? Because what narratives do the media push, right? It's like, oh, you're going to be good at sports and that's why you're going to get a, a scholarship and, you know, go away. Or, you know, you're smart, so you're the one person who gets to go to the good school, you know, or, you know, you're smart, but, you know, you didn't have the grades to go to the good school and you weren't athletic. So now you're just like the biggest drug dealer because nobody gave you a chance. That just bothers me because I feel like it just gets into, you know, as a black person, you only have, you know, three options in life. Either you slinging crack rock or you gotta, you gotta yeah, yeah. That's that's how I that's how I feel. Um so I that that one bothers me um one of the most. What I do want to ask you additionally is so what do you think about Issa Rae going against it? Because you know her brand was, you know, what was it? Awkward black girl. And mm-hmm. I think that that was obviously the whole being awkward or a nerd or whatever. That's a whole trope in itself. But I like the way that Issa Rae did it, I guess is the the best, just, you know, the best term. Because I think before her, there wasn't kind of that strain of people who latched onto something so collectively that wasn't outside of the you know, the, the same three, four stereotypes of black women that have been out since, you know, 1920 or whatever. Well, I, I would like to think we have more range in our representation than three or four models. But like, even if you look at Girlfriends, Girlfriends was was, was important in terms of culturally. You know, you had a lawyer, you, had, you know, an accountant. Uh, right, but but they still but they still got into a lot of the same thing, right? Like Lynn, definitely tragic mulatto. Um, you had who's the struggles one struggles with identity, right? That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like like Tony, she could have probably been in the the what you call it, like the the sapphire or the Jezebel, well, the Jezebel thing, right? Because she always kept a, you know, a steady rotation. <laughs> then what was the one who worked for Joan? Maya. She, yeah. Right, she she was definitely getting into the, the Sapphire thing after she wound up, you know, breaking up with the husband or whatever. So, you know, as much, as good as it was, there was a lot of good, but there was also a lot of the same old stuff in a newer package i would say if anything that went against it it would be um living single hmm well no i mean you had you had more they had a lot of they had they had less of 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 every single one but i i think they at least tried to give it some range then you gotta you gotta go back to the cosby show man (laughs) like that's 
you know, in a different world. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Speaking it, of, 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 mm-hmm. speaking of, you know, the tropes and the stereotypes and things like that. What we didn't get to discuss last week was this issue around the Washington football team. Yes, yes. Uh, last week we were having some technical difficulties and we made the collective decision um, along with all of the people letting off fireworks for the, the you know hour and a half we were recording that it was best to just pull a plug there. Um, there, there hasn't really been much movement um in terms of the story it's i feel like it's in in the same place where we left it at um from last week so the washington football team is as she just politically correctly identified it um is you know the washington redskins um there has been a, a fight for decades to try and get the the, the team and the team owner uh, now Dan Snyder to try to get them to change the the, the team the team name. Um, this this fight is like it, it's it's been such a, a long battle and it's been public where it's not like a private conversation like the the owner Dan Snyder has been such an ass about this like he told them years ago like I want to say like seven years ago that we'll, we'll never change the, the team name, like, ever. So you can use caps. Like, that's his his quote. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, never. And it's just, like, that kind of, like, just ignorance. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, you Well, I have told... a question. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the people who are doing the telling, that's what my question is related to. I heard on some interview that um I think it might have been on Joe Rogan so you know we'll keep that in mind but there was somebody on there claiming that the Native Americans are less mad about it than everybody else like is that true um I don't know about that because Because I know the people that I heard who were on the other side of it and again you know I'm I don't know really anything about football so you know i'm just going with what i hear i i think at least the side of people who are saying just leave it alone one of the the claims that they're making and i'm wondering the veracity of it is oh this is just a bunch of non-native american people speaking on behalf of and the actual native american community doesn't even care about this and well, I hold on, hold wonder on. how true how, that could be. Right, <laughs> like, right. How many people have to feel away about it for it to be substantial enough for you to say, "I right, we're going to do something. See, this is the issue with capitalism. When you start talking right. about your bottom line being worth more than your conscious, there's no such thing as conscious capitalism in my mind. Um, and this idea of proactive, um, a proactive approach to it and, or even reactive. Like they just said it, it wasn't cost effective for us to do anything about it. You know, it's the same thing. If you, you I know you don't really play video games, but no. Microsoft, they, they make the Xbox 360, right? Yes, now they I have the Xbox that. one. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So the Xbox 360 used to have this red ring of death. And it was like, you know, th- three flashing red lights around your system. And that was it. Your system was shot. Maybe it could oh. be brought back if you overheat it. But it was basically done. Like your motherboard was fried. Wow. Microsoft had an opportunity to fix those, the, the, to fix the piece that regulated that uh, during production. And it would have cost them on average an additional five cents per per unit that they manufactured. And they, and they, cal- they calculated that it was more cost effective to service the number of people who got affected by it mm-hmm. and, and, and service their units rather than fixing it so it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like that's the kind of approach that you see in capitalism time and time again. So when we start talking about the Native Americans, I I can say that they did feel some way about it back in 1992. We are in 2020. So that's almost 30 years ago. Um, This lady filed filed a a motion in court, uh, brought a suit uh, in court. It was Susan Harjo. She's uh, Cheyenne and Muskegee ancestry. She challenged the trademark in court on a basis that it was disparaging. And she won in 1999. And then the team, they filed an appeal and they won it on appeal. But the, okay, right. the so U.S. patent. Right. I heard about the patent thing. I heard about right. the patent thing. The patent got dropped in 2014. Right, right. On a, For the same basis that it's disparaging the Native Americans. So it's like how many legislative and administrative bodies have to say, now nah, we're not co-signing this before it becomes a problem. And clearly the answer is it takes a sponsor. So of all of the, the pressure that was trying to be applied, and you got to imagine Native Americans are one of the most uh, invisible groups politically and economically that we have in this yeah. country. Um, they don't exist for, for political, you know, by political measures. Yeah, and measures. it's terrible. It's, it's, it really is despicable. Um, yeah. Like, like they, they, yeah, yeah, they have it bad. Like yeah, plantation hear, life. Yeah, they were talking about... Um, one good, you know, I know we're getting ready to wrap up, but one good piece of news, I don't know if you heard about this, but over the last week, a case that is came from the Supreme Court that was decided at the Supreme Court, it basically reaffirmed a, a Native American treaty. It got upheld with the current Supreme Court. So that's a good thing, I think, for the Native community that, you know, at least they're there's some type of recognition, but of course the U.S. government has been horrendous to the, to the Native American um, population. Bro, if what was happening, it's the same. You know, it's the same thing with so many different groups of people. If what was happening with the Native Americans was taking place in another country, and the mm-hmm. government in, in that said country was doing it to the to their indigenous people, it would be a human rights violation it would be something that would be brought forth between before the international communities there'd be tribunals and people would be called to, to the carpet because it's 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 crazy you know native americans had to go to court to sue to get stimulus their stimulus checks released oh my god like the, the, the twelve hundred dollar checks you know, <laughs> like, like they, the way that they the, do it i think and that's the reason why i think this whole Washington team thing doesn't even make any sense because I think I would feel differently about it perhaps if maybe like 
the Native American people were getting some of this money from these jersey sales and, you know, ticket sales or whatever else. But like you said, like, it's only helping the owner of the team. Like, 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 I think, like, who, who would be like, like, what are people, would people stop watching the team? Yeah, maybe a couple, no. would, but, but no. I don't think, I, I don't think what I'm saying is I don't think whatever negative impact would be outweighed by all of the positive, you know, results that it would get if this team did the right thing. But I think it's kind of like what you see with the, the labor movement, right? All of the bosses get together and just start saying like, nah, we're not budging. We're not going to respond to any demands because if I respond, because if you respond, then I have to respond. If we respond then they got to respond. And like you said, it's going to cost all of us money. And I think that that's the point that they're trying to, that they're trying to make, but I am happy that the native American rights got upheld at the Supreme court. It was related to lands in Oklahoma. Um, and they yeah, found not- they found out that the treat they they held that the treaty is uh, valid, even though you know it, the underlying issue was related to a, a crime that someone had been accused of. But I, but listen, any any win for the Native American rights, I'm I'm happy for it. Yeah, with with, with this is going to come down to what everything comes down to in this country is leverage. It's the reoccurring theme. I feel like every week we, we, we this word comes up and mm-hmm. it's leverage. There was never a point where the Native American people could apply leverage to the NFL. Yeah. They yeah. NFL made, I think, $16 billion last year. Yeah. So when you start talking about dollars to donuts, you'd have to be able to really affect their bottom line, which is why Kaepernick was, was so ostracized because he affected their bottom line. Um, the the sponsors FedEx the, them saying now nah, we're gonna pull our our name off of the the stadium we're gonna pull funding Nike said now nah, we're we're taking down your merchandise you had stores like Target and Dick said we're we're not selling anything with your with your your merchandise um, in our stores like that he's talking about now almost a billion dollars in lost revenue for for one team that's a lot of money. Now that's like, all right, you know, we got to get our shit together. And that's what it takes. They, they, they only respect their bottom line. And as disgusting as it is, like, you know, I never thought I would see this day because so much of the corporate sponsors were clearly okay with it. You know what I mean? It was business as usual. But yeah. Entire yeah. Time. yeah. I just, a couple of days ago, I was talking to, a person who I had met through work and what he was saying is that he opened an office in Africa and he was going to train some young people there to be in the cryptocurrency business. And one of the conversations that we got into was, you know, we need to have a ecosystem amongst ourselves, especially because when you're thinking about it, if we're going to rely on the altruism of white people, we're never going to be free. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the 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 issue with a lot of the native the Native Americans is this like you said nobody's thinking about them like they don't even I don't know any Native American even pop stars or Congress people or movie stars <laughs> or you know what I'm saying like so they don't even have one to point to at least not not that I'm aware of like I don't I don't know any Native American athletes or something I think there was there 
recently, I think there was one Native American person who got elected to like the House of Representatives or something. But, you know, like you said, in terms of like the general American culture, they're completely invisible, unfortunately. And I think that, you know, it's kind of like what they call in logic, like a tautology. It's just like a circular thing. It's like they're invisible because, you know, they don't have any capital, but they don't have any capital because they're invisible, you know, and I just don't know what the solution would be because I think that they've been so decimated that they don't even have anybody who can reach back and, you know, a significant way to get them out of this. Um, so I, I really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a victory, but I don't, I, I'm at a place where I don't believe that those types of wins are sustainable because, you know, you have to be able to organize and be able to generate, you know, generate a certain amount of energy that they just don't seem to have the numbers, you know, um, as opposed to other groups like, like us, where you can say, all right, you have more numbers, but you don't have the ability to really get organized. You know, so many dissenters and things that, that are tearing us apart ideologically, you know, um, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah, we would, let's, 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 let's celebrate our, our victories um, and them deciding to change the name. I didn't realize I'd be this vested in it, but I definitely feel a, a strong sense of satisfaction that Dan Snyder, Snyder is finally being pressured into one change the name and potentially uh, to sell the team. You have uh, okay. three different minority owners who, uh, you know, are starting the process to liquidate their 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 shares, which makes up about forty percent of the team's uh, ownership. So let's, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Might be a new day. Mm-hmm. Um, and just uh, just. Before we just leave football and leave everything all together, just want to point out that the, the same NFL has just come out after uh, agreeing to allow the games to play out, said uh, that post-game, after the game is played, that the teams are not allowed to come to within six feet of one another and jersey swapping is going to be prohibited. Oh, so if you okay. want to see the, you see the irony of – the NFL and how they think they are only loyal to their bottom line, like stupidity, common sense, like that stuff is lacking. It's about money. That's why everything's about money with them, you know? So yeah, some people are going to be watching though. Some people, people need sports. They need to be distracted. Yeah. I mean, you can really see it play out like we said in that situation because I've seen some of the pictures of some of the food that they've been being served and it was like yo y'all at the worst summer camp ever oh um, no nah, that's the NBA yeah you're talking about in the bubble uh, yes yes yeah. yes yes yeah in the bubble yeah, yeah they are being disgusting over there <laughs> nah yeah like, my Montrez Harrow had put up some stuff he's a powerful for the Clippers that food looks nasty like oh my god it looks nasty you would think that, that because chicken. it's a bunch of 
professional athletes that they would have top-notch school. Yeah, Yeah. like, I I, I would think, like, I had watched a video about, uh, what did I watch? It, It was something about, like, the amount of food that they make for, like, the Super Bowl or something. Like, I thought they was gonna have that level of options. It was like, no, it looked like they... I don't know where they got that food from. That looked like the stuff that Joe Exotic and them on Tiger King was trying to scam, like from Walmart. Like it, 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 it looked like the food they were serving on the one episode of The Shy that I saw, which was the season premiere that you oh, insisted shit. I watched. Oh Lord, see, we're not gonna do that. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, what are you gonna be getting into this week? Um, I don't know. Work is still super busy. Remember when I told you that like June was our busiest month, but like July came in swinging too. So I don't know. In terms of what I'm watching, I just started watching I May Destroy You on HBO. Um, I forget, forgive me, the young lady who stars in it, the one from Chewing Gum. I, I don't remember her real name, but yeah, she's super talented. Um and there's that new show I wanted to check out, but I got to f- find out where we can see it called P Valley on stars. I wanted to check that out. How about you? Okay. I never heard of any of those, but if you have, <laughs> I may stars, destroy you. <laughs> I may yeah, destroy yeah. you. It's, it's HBO. You can, uh, you can check that out on Amazon prime to, to catch out that show. Cause you know, you get stars with Amazon prime. Um, so, what am I doing here? I, I am going to try to get through the four agreements. Um, I also just started a book club with uh, my daughter and my oldest boy um, and their grandmother. So our first book is going to be Uncle Tom's Cabin. Um, okay. Try to, you know, engage, uh, engage their minds and and kind of go through this gambit of black literature in addition to, you know, the, the standardized literary canons. You know, they, 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 there's going to be a lot of readings that they're supposed to get, but I think to spark their interest as young intellects, you know, you have to kind of shape the way they, they come into some of these conversations, you know, introduce some of these texts and challenge their perspective of it. I think Uncle Tom is a, it's a great way to, to start great tipping point. Um, so uh, yeah, preparing for this book club. Uh, and has, has your mom read these books? You know what? I don't think that she has. I, I don't know, but I don't believe she has. Oh, after Uncle Tom's Cabin, the, the next, like I, I'm pretty much dictating uh, the books. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, just, just matter of factly, but the next, the next set of books are going to be the spook who sat, by the door, um, things fall apart. Oh shit! You know, like we uh, we're gonna make sure that the, these babies are woke. You know what I'm saying? Um, what's the What's the one? Is it um not Invisible Man? What's the other one? Uh, I don't. Is that have, who, who, who was the one with Bigger Thomas? With Bigger Thomas? Yeah, was that Invisible Man? I don't know. Oh, the, you talking about the uh, the one that took place in like the seventies? I don't even know. It's been forever since I read those type of books. <laughs> what are those types of books? 
just stuff that you read when you in school. Oh, Native Son. That's what that's that's what I'm thinking Native, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Native Son, Richard Thomas. I mean, Richard Wright. Yeah, I think uh, right. Bigger Thomas is the character. I knew I, knew I wasn't yeah. bugging. Like, that's no, what I'm no, like. Yeah, yeah. You know, you were talking about Invisible Man. I'm like, uh, no, no. That's what I say. I was like, it wasn't Invisible Man. I'm like, but what what book was Bigger Thomas? Uh, yes, it was um Native Son. Yeah, that when did Rich uh, Native Son come out? That was like in the 40s, right? Probably. Yeah. Oh, I should say when it's set. Yeah. Uh, I um I think I I end up reading that. I don't. Even, it was definitely in, in in college. I don't recall reading it before that. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, it's uh, if we can if we can get them introduced to what the you know the quote unquote canning is uh, earlier, then you know, like with anything else, there the earlier you you you're able to grapple with it, uh, you can. Understand it, incorporate it, and allow that to shape your your approach. I, that's why I, I try to get them to listen to the four agreements, uh, get started on it, because communication has been. Well, has been a little, I have a request. Uh oh, what's up? When y'all do To Kill a Mockingbird, can you let me know because I still haven't read that. You said To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, are you gonna do that one? That wasn't on the list. I was, you know, okay. those types of books. I was gonna go with like Animal Farm and uh, Lord of the Flies. Come on, don't listen. Don't get me started. We'll be here all oh, day. Of of mice and men. No, I mean Animal Farm is super relevant. Y'all is gaslighting, you know, and you know, again, yeah, for agreements, you know. Everything is relevant. Everything is relevant. And I think with these kids being a product of a divorce, I think that they need oh, to be oh. extra perceptive. You know, so I, I just want to challenge their ability to to dis- distinguish, you know, facts from narratives, you know. But Oh Jesus. All right. So thank everyone for listening. We will be back next week, same time, same place. You no, can follow no, no, no. That's not how we say goodbye. <laughs> no, we're saying goodbye because you're getting, you, you was at the line and then you crossed it. So let's say okay. goodbye. I'm just giving context. but Let's you just know. say goodbye. All right, I was no wrapping problems. it up. I was wrapping okay. it up. Okay, okay. Thanks for coming out. God bless. Oh, wait, no, no. We can't, we can't, can't rustle this one. All right. So you guys have just tuned in to another episode of the Pre-Internet Friends Podcast. This was actually episode 17. Uh, you guys could have been anywhere in the world, but you were here with us, and we do appreciate that. For additional content, please check out other episodes of Prince and Friends. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the names Mr. J. Nicholas and Nicole Shanique, as well as on YouTube. Um, I want to wish you guys peace and blessings. You guys continue to be safe. Uh, be well out there. Stay true, big shouts to the ones